this friend of mine moved to the Upper East Coast and is taking on the bright lights. She opened up her own hair salon called the Hair Room JC. She has style and grace as big as Texas, where she happens to be from. Once a small town girl from Laporte, who has now taken over Jersey City. She opened up a second hair salon during a pandemic. How badass is that? We met at Laporte High School in the late 90s, and I'm proud to call her my friend. This is a Natalie David. All right, well, ladies and gentlemen, the Gentile Life Podcast happily welcomes back, actually, for the second time, first time by herself, but my good friend, Natalie David, has joined us on the Gentile Life Podcast in our first YouTube edition where people can actually see the beautiful face and her colorfulness on this as well. So, hey, Natalie, how are you doing? I'm great, Ryan. How are you? I'm great. I, I know you've been a busy person today. So obviously, uh, I feel like you are like Ron Burgundy where you tell people, I don't know if you know this, but I'm kind of a big deal. Like, everybody <laughs> wants a piece of Natalie and talk with you right now. Nah. Is that what it feels like? Um, yeah, Be- being a solopreneur, that is what it feels like. I don't feel like it's uh, the ego part of it, but I do feel like everybody needs me all the time. <laughs> Which is why I'm like, man, I'm going to ask her. I was like, man, she's been doing a lot of shit lately. So hopefully, you know, she has some time. And if not, I mean, eventually I'll get her on. You know, that was my thought. Because you were actually here back in Houston. Uh, we uh, Obviously, we met in Laporte. But you were here in Houston pretty much the whole month of October. So I got to see you the yeah. very first day. Uh, we were doing uh, – we got to watch the Astros game uh, right there on that couch right over there. We got to watch the game. <laughs> and um, But, yeah, so how was your trip back home? I know being a Texas girl, you've been on the East Coast for a while. But how was your trip back home? It was actually probably one of the best trips I've had in a really long time. And I don't know if it's like the heart distance or what is it? Like distance makes the heart grow fonder or whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I hadn't been back to Texas since December. No, I like I was in Austin in February, but I hadn't been back to see my parents since December. Yeah. So um, with everything going on in the world, um, the pandemic and everything, it's just being far from where your family and you know the friends you grew up with it's it was really hard because I don't think we understood what either one of us were going through during all of this mm-hmm. um so it's nice to kind of reconnect with my parents um it's kind of nice to reconnect with Texas you know <laughs> yeah. I usually get a lot of anxiety when I go home because I live this like go 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 life and when I get back to Texas everything slows down and it you know a lot of times it drives me crazy, but it was almost like I needed to be reminded of that. And I came home, I changed my flight like 15 times. I stayed for about two and a half weeks and just really slowed down and appreciated Texas. It was, it was a great trip. Good. And I'm glad. And I mean, obviously we're friends on Instagram and Facebook. So I saw like all your adventures of just relaxation, you know, with your grandmother and her outfits. Those were really cool. Uh, And then of course the story you told me when we were talking that you got a flight for four damn dollars. Like that was, it was crazy. I mean, I ended up paying more because I changed my flight so many times, but at one point I did have a flight going back home for $4. God almighty. That is insane. Like, I remember you told me that I was like, damn, I need to start booking flights just wherever if I can get it for $4. I mean, do you want to go to Wisconsin? Sure. Why not? $4. Let's go. Um, Well, so, so for people watching this, so this is our first YouTube edition and for anybody listening, um, you know, if you're wondering, okay, how do y'all know each other? We met back in, I want to say it was 99, the second half of 99 at Laporte. 
we had a class together for the life of me i can't remember the class i don't know if you do but i don't remember whatever class we had together i'm trying to think what class a freshman would have had with a junior i was a junior yeah yeah, I was a junior at the time, so I don't know. I mean, it was some weird elective, maybe. I don't yeah, know. Maybe I like a remember. theater class or possibly. I don't know. Who knows? Like, and I mean, that was what 21 years ago. And I mean, I've drank a lot since then. Yeah. So I, don't, I, don't I don't remember, remember. a lot of things. <laughs> but I so for people listening, so we met in high school, and a full disclosure, everything I'm about to share, my wife is very much aware of. Um, so we we met, and I remember when we, I don't remember if you were sitting behind me or to the left of me, but I know you were near me, and I don't think you were talking to me, but I think it was like a group, but we were just having conversations, and like your personality, you were just having fun, you were joking, you're laughing, and I remember I'm the type of person where the first thing that catches my attention is your personality, and so when I saw that, I was like, oh, damn, like, okay, she seems fun, and then that's when the physical attraction comes later, and so of yeah. course it did, and uh, you and I dated, I think, three times within four to six months, and uh, each time I'm the one that decided to end it for whatever reason, 17, 18 years old. I, I can't explain why. I mean, I was a kid. <laughs> Who the hell knows? I mean, I didn't know shit about relationships, but um, but I felt like even when we were dating or not dating, we we developed a good friendship and, and, uh, and everything else, and I mean, because you were such a great person, and so that's how we met, and that's how yeah. this friendship blossomed over these years. Uh, so for anybody wondering of how do I know a Natalie, <laughs> that's how uh, the most awkward way. And like I said, yes, my wife is very aware yeah. of that story. <laughs> <laughs> well, I get asked that all the time because everybody's like, so my wife is aware of anybody I've ever dated or been with. And people are like, really? I'm like, yeah, the first time she asked me, I thought it was a trap. <laughs> so I gave her like a very mint, like a, like a non relationship that lasted maybe a few weeks or something like that. Cause I was like, okay, I'm just gonna give her something. And then yeah. I realized, oh, she really doesn't care, you know, so she's nine years younger than me. And <laughs> she uh, was like, look, you're an old man. I know you dated a lot before me. So anybody that came before me, I really don't care about. So you can share whatever stories you want. And oh, yeah. the fact that you're friends with them, I think it's a little weird, but it's kind of cool at the same time. I go, it's sometimes it's not my choice. They seem to yeah. forgive me. And then we talk and, you know, we were friends before, during and after. Yeah. So it is what it is. <laughs> and we were kids, like we, we kissed yeah. and I was probably, you know, you know what I mean? We kept yeah. things very PG-13. <laughs> yes, very, uh, sometimes borderline PG, you know, it wasn't even PG-13 yeah. sometimes. It was like, I'm going to hold her hand. Okay, yeah, yeah, here we go. Yeah. But um, so, yeah, so that's, that, that's how we know each other. So we come from this small town of Laporte. And, you know, the thing I love about seeing what my friends do that maybe either are still here in Texas or outside of Texas is just the cool things that they end up doing. And so, you ended up out of Texas. Obviously, you're wearing a, a shirt that says Jersey City, which we'll get into that here in a little bit. But so how did you end up out of Texas? Well, when I first got kidnapped out of God's country, um, <laughs> it was when I got married and my husband decided to join the military and we ended up getting stationed in Virginia. So that's how I first ended up leaving Texas. And then when he got deployed, I moved back to Texas and then I ended up just kind of living a gypsy life for a little while, traveled. Um, I lived in Key West for the summer and then moved to Austin for a little while. And then through all of that, decided I was, I needed to get a divorce. So my sister had just ended up in Jersey from, she was in Philly before that for a job. And so I came to visit her one weekend and just never left. <laughs> Yeah. And so it, it's funny to me that you, you ended up in Jersey because, and I, I saw you post this a while back because I heard on the radio that 
you now can claim that you've lived in the two most hated states because New Jersey is one, which I'm trying to figure out how Jersey is one. And then Texas is two. I figured Texas would be one because we are very proud people of the state we come from. And not everybody is proud like we are. And we come off as arrogant and assholes. So I'm a little surprised that Jersey was one. So is Jersey though. So is Jersey. Like if you're from Jersey, you are proud to be from Jersey. You're loud, you're arrogant. Like people know you're from Jersey. And so that's, and it's actually one of the things that I fell in love with when I moved here. I was like, oh, so you're arrogant assholes just like us. This is great. (laughs) It's just more colder where you're from than where we're from. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) And and now that you mentioned it, I do have a friend of mine uh, that I met in college. She's from Jersey as well. And I mean, I, 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 yeah, she's very proud of where she's from and she talks a lot of shit about how awesome Jersey is. So, yep. you know, fair point, fair point, which my dad <laughs> being the New Yorker that he is would argue that it's not that great, which I'm of sure you get New, Yorker, New Yorkers hate Jersey. It is what it is. Yeah, it is what it is. <laughs> well, cool. So you, so you end up in Jersey and uh, so what you're doing right now, you have your own hair salon, you know, and, uh, and I have your website up over on my other screen, you know, the hair room, JC. The, the website is very you. So anybody that is maybe listening, you need to check out the hair room. Um, let's see what the hair room, jc.com. Check it out. It's awesome. And it's very Natalie. And for those of y'all see her, I mean, she's a very colorful person, but so you've shared this story before with me. I know you shared another podcast, so you didn't necessarily want to get into hair, but you somehow did. So, so share that. How, how did that end up coming about? Yeah. Um, as you may remember, my mom was a hairdresser and um, we had a salon in the back of our house. So I just grew up around the industry and I was around it literally every day because there was a salon in my house. And I didn't want to do what my mom wanted to do. I've always just kind of been that person. I'm the black sheep of the family. I don't want to do what anybody else does. You know, it's why I'm 36 and I don't have any kids. You know, it's just like, I don't want to do what anybody else is doing. Didn't have my first kid till 35. Don't be ashamed. <laughs> there you go. And, um, And so I fought it for a long time. And through all of that, I had 500 jobs in every different type of industry and area you can imagine. And it wasn't until I actually came to New York for the first time to a hair show and got to kind of see the industry (laughs) from a different point of view. Hey, friend. (laughs) Very bored right now. and so I fell in love with the industry and I've, you know, I've been in the service industry my whole life. So like taking care of people and making people happy was always something I knew I was going to do. And once I went to hair school, it never felt like work or a job. It just, it just felt like my passion. So, um, being able to turn that passion into a paycheck, um, <laughs> was the dream come true. That's right. Well, and I feel like, you know, for a lot of people, you know, to get to where they want to be, I think you have to go through multiple different things that either you maybe even enjoy doing, but you don't necessarily want to do forever or things you don't like doing. Yeah. You know, for me, you know, I, I quitting my corporate job, which I always thought I'd be working in an office and have a corporate job. And I did that for about six years. And toward the end, I started hating it. I go, God, this sucks. You know, I don't like doing this. I love broadcasting. I love calling high school football games, basketball, baseball, everything, doing things like this, like a new venture of a podcast, which I don't know what the hell I was doing back in January. Hell, I still don't. I'm just kind of flying by the seat of my pants. But I worked in the service industry. I sold mattresses for a living, believe it or not. Blockbusters. I mean, I delivered pizzas, you name it. I did all these jobs that I sometimes love, sometimes hated, but I learned something from each one to where now what I'm doing today, almost pushing 40, (laughs) no less, I enjoy doing it though. Like you said, now 
I'm not getting paid to do much of this, but I'm still enjoying it. And I feel like what I've taken from the things I didn't necessarily want to do, I've been able to take what I've learned there and apply it here. And I'm assuming you've been able to do the same thing with your, 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 uh, your hair places. Yeah, absolutely. The fact that, you know, I was an office administrator, you know, I know how to keep, you know, good records and how to organize things. And I, you know, did office work and HR stuff for a restaurant company that I worked for. And so I knew how to like do, you know, new employee paperwork and I knew how to hire people. I knew how to train people. So all of those little things that I think some stylists miss out on when they tried to become an owner, uh, I really had the advantage of deciding that's what I was going to do later on in life because I had all those other life experiences that really helped out. And I got to say, anybody that has ever worked in the service industry, whatever they choose to go do outside of that, I... 100% 100% believe nine times out of 10, they're going to succeed because you want to talk about the, the shittiest of shittiest type of jobs of like, whether you're a bartender or a waiter. I mean, yes, you have your good days, you make your good money, but good God, you take a lot of shit. And I mean, most people understand like the, the common decency that you have to have when you start to venture out of the service industry. And yeah. it, it's, it's insane. So so you have the hair room, JC. Uh, so, so talk, I'm, I'm looking at, you know, your photos. I mean, just the, the look of it all. You and I talked about this when you were in town, you know, just, you, you wanted to have like a very old school feel, correct? Yeah. Okay. So, so walk us through the mindset, like why, why an old school feel like, what did, like, did you have that initial thought before you opened this up or did it kind of gradually come as the days went by? Yeah, I always knew I wanted a vintage nostalgic vibe just because it was very much who I am as a person. I have a very old soul and I've always appreciated, you know, not the trendy modern things. And, you know, one of the things I hated about some of the salons I worked at, you know, I worked at a very luxury, like five-star salon in New York City. And, you know, we had to wear all black. All the walls were white and everything was perfect. And it just looked very like stark and generic and didn't have any like feeling or personality to it and I wanted a place where as soon as you walked in the door you like felt something whether it was happiness or you know you felt welcomed or warm and everyone loves nostalgia especially like I've seen the reaction we're getting now even more so than ever because of the pandemic nostalgia has mm-hmm. become this like thing that we're all obsessed with and you know it it is it's different you know we stand out in a crowd because we don't look like a generic salon and it all goes back to like my mission and my branding and everything and it's like I didn't want you to feel like you were going into a place where there was a bunch of like egotistical arrogant stylists there to tell you you know they can make you look better than you already look I wanted you to feel like you're coming to see your best friend you're gonna sit down have a glass of wine and I'm going to make you feel better and you're going to forget that I'm doing your hair. Which, I mean, I love on your, your website, it says about no egos, no attitudes, just fun times and great hair, which let's talk about your hair, because <laughs> as long as I've known you, you've had big hair. Now, when we knew each other back in high school, it was blonde. I don't remember you really venturing outside of that, because I think it was probably the high school rules and everything else. When you're young, your parents are like, no, yeah. but you've always, like I said, you've had a big personality. You've, you've had the hair the size of Texas. So is it something that it's just you have to be in the mood for or do you plan these like what is it what do you do with your hair <laughs> yeah my hair is very much a mood ring um you can kind of tell where I'm at with how my hair is um 
right now it sleeps back because I'm all business. I got a lot of stuff to do today. So it's, I need it out of my face and ready to go. Um, but yeah, I have been blonde almost, you know, I, my mom bleached my hair for the first time when I was like 11 years old. So I've always been a bleach blonde and I didn't start doing the pink until the year before actually, or the year I left Texas, I started just like doing little pops of pink because mm -hmm. I was still very like a Texas girl. And I was like, this yeah. is too much. Like this is, people are gonna <laughs> stare at me. Like this is crazy. So I just started doing a little bit. And then I found like, and Natalie, like people are already, already gonna stare at you cause you're loud and crazy. So I was just like, oh, let's give them another reason to stare at me. So my, I remember my first winter here, I was miserable cause it was so cold. And I turned on Greece and I started watching Greece. I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna do it. So I, pulled out the color and I put all the pink on my hair and that was the first time I went all pink and from there it's I'm just now just different shades of pink depending on my mood but <laughs> pink is definitely my signature color I feel like you need to make a shirt that has like the different shades of pink that represent your mood so that way when you wear the shirt people know <laughs> either hey yeah you can come talk with me or don't you fucking dare come near me <laughs> yeah totally Oh, I love it. That's awesome. Yeah. I was gonna say, I've always known you as blonde and I know there was a photo. Um, I think it was from years ago. Like you were like really like just blonde, blonde, yeah. like not even dirty blonde. I went, holy shit. Like that is some bright blonde. And yeah. obviously you, you pulled it off and you pull off your pink hair. You pull off everything. I can't deny that. And like you said, you, you have a very loud personality <laughs> and you are who you are since the day that I've met you. And again, yeah. which is the reason I was like, I like her. She's awesome. So yeah. when we knew each other, you didn't have tattoos. You didn't have any no. tattoos. You didn't have anything. And then, you know, I think when social media started getting bigger and then, you know, I'm following you, you're following me, Facebook's Instagram, whatever it was. I was like, damn, she's tatted up. So are you just somebody that just loves tattoos or does every tattoo mean something? How does that work with you? Well, it's funny because I actually got my first tattoo prom weekend because um, I had just turned 18 <laughs> and we got it down in Galveston, me and my best friend, and they were awful tattoos that we like picked off the wall. And I was so like traumatized from that experience that I was like, I'm not, I'm not going to get another tattoo. And it wasn't until I moved to New Jersey. Uh, it was 10 years later. So I was 28 <laughs> at the time. And I guess it was just because I was around people that had um, a lot of tattoos. And so like their style and aesthetic was very and like inspiring. And it was, I was seeing like different types of tattooing, different styles. And I was like, oh, this can actually be really pretty where I was used to like, you know, most people that have tattoos in Texas are either like big burly, like construction workers or like <laughs> really like trashy people <laughs> so yeah, it's like fair. I didn't really see <laughs> I didn't really see tattoos as as artistic as they can be so I actually started I do kind of put a lot of F, like thought into the tattoos I get sometimes I'll just see something that I like that inspires me and makes me happy that I want to put on a lot of them have other meanings and some of them are just like like me and one of my stylists for one of our like one-on-one -on -one meetings we went and got strawberries tattooed on us and it's just like right. doesn't mean anything <laughs> just, just a strawberry <laughs> but you know so but some of them do mean a little bit more so okay just, fair is now there, it's is... another reason for people to stare at me <laughs> <laughs> but that's okay though you get that attention people are gonna be like well wait a minute where oh you oh that's your place oh let me yeah. check that out so there you go is there a tattoo that you have that you just 
is your favorite? I mean, I know it's probably like saying pick your children, your yeah. favorite child, but is there a tattoo that you just, you were extremely excited to get? Yeah, my most, well, not my most recent one, because um, I got a really funny tattoo at the front of mine when I was in Texas recently. But um, before that, I got a big ass Dolly Parton on my thigh and it's just really beautiful and she's a queen and yeah. it makes me happy every time I see it um aside from that my other one is my switchblade nice it's just like a traditional style switchblade and it says I'm just a girl and it's a little it's a little like no doubt like nod but it's also just like the switchblade is a very masculine piece and then when you put mm -hmm. it with that phrase it's like I'm a girl but I'm still I can still kick your ass like, yeah, don't mess don't with, fuck me. with me, you know? <laughs> so, yeah, yes, know. I don't. That's why I'm like, hey, Natalie, you're great. You remember Ryan, your friend. Ryan's your friend. <laughs> That's awesome. And, and I love that. And like, and like you said, yeah, it's a very masculine type of tattoo, but you're like, hey, you know, masculine tattoos can go on anybody. It, it, it's not have to be just men. Yeah. You know, women can definitely be kick-ass and rocking. I love the no doubt reference too. That was yeah. definitely, uh, you know, the big, uh, the big grunge area for a woman you know, with Gwen Stefani back in those days, you know, I remember you could not, not hear no doubt back in the late nineties, early 2000s. Oh, yeah. It was great. Mm -hmm. So I, I love that you talked about your, uh, one of your uh, people that you work with or that works for you, I guess I should say, <laughs> you don't work with, they work for you. Um, your subordinates <laughs> as, as Dwight Schrute would say, right? <laughs> we love yeah. our office talk. Uh, so your subordinates are your friends, um, but you got a tattoo with them. So talk about your team. I mean, you have a very fun looking team here. Like I said, I'm on your, on your website, y'all's Instagram pages. Y'all always have interesting stuff, really cool stuff. And you know, the, the video you, you shot with your team on going to vote. I mean, everything out there was just really cool. So talk about your team. I mean, do you, do you find them? Do they find you? How does that work? Um, honestly, every single one of my team members, aside from my, my number two, my assistant to the regional manager, um, she, her and I worked in the city together and she's been with me since day one. But aside from that, everybody else has found me, you know, I've tried Craigslist ads. I've tried Facebook ads. I've tried putting things on Instagram and we never really get good candidates from that. Mm -hmm. And I think because these people have found me, it's a true testament to the power of social media and how important it is to create a brand and a vision and a mission for your company. Because when the right person is looking, if, you're, if your business and your brand is showcased in those areas the way it should be, um, those, those people will find you. Absolutely. And being a recruiter for so long, I, I can definitely attest yeah. to that. It's, yeah. you know, you're, you're not always going to find winners, but when they, they deliberately come out and seek you, yeah. that's usually a good sign that you're doing something right. So, yeah. Yeah. so, so you, you have the, you have the shirt on Jersey city. So you're, you're in Jersey city, which, you know, the New York skyline, everything's like right across the river and everything else. So, yeah. so why Jersey city? Was it just where you were, or was it just the right building you were able to get? So why Jersey city? Why'd you pick uh, the hair room JC to be there? Um, I fell in love with Jersey City when I moved here. Um, my sister had ended up here for a job and my sister's always been really, she's lived in Philly, Baltimore, Austin for ages. And she's always found neighborhoods to live in that were, had a lot of character and, you know, a lot, very artsy and had like a lot of, like a, some really good vibes. So I knew if she found this neighborhood, there was something like that great potential for it so when i ended up here 
and decided to stay with its proximity to New York City, which is what I wanted to do. I wanted to move to New York and do hair. And so it was like, I was, you know, 27, I guess, going through a divorce. I had no money. And I was like, well, if I'm literally starting my life over, like if my sister's already here, I might as well just crash on her couch. And from there, I just fell in love with Jersey City. It's it's super diverse. It's the number one di most diverse city in the country. It's got the largest LGBTQ community in New Jersey. Um, it is literally a five minute train stop to New York City. I can walk out of my house and see the Statue of Liberty and you know the Freedom Tower. You can't. I mean, you can't beat the views. And I got bigger space. I've never had to live in New York, the New York City area, and have six roommates. I've lived by myself or with a partner the entire time I've lived here. So that was, you know, those are huge things that I've sacrificed for having to live on the west side of the Hudson. But, you know, I, I, I love this city. It's a really, really great place to be. That's good. And it, I get I get crap all the time from back in the day. People are like, oh, why are you not living in the city of Houston? Why are you in the suburbs? Like, because the suburbs, I can park wherever I want and I don't get towed. Now, obviously there, <laughs> y'all have trains and everything else, then taxis, y'all got all kinds of stuff there. But I, I can kind of relate. I mean, obviously New York is New York, but hey, that's awesome that Jersey City you fell in love with and uh, I love hearing that. So we're in a pandemic, which I know everybody's talking about, but you opened up a second salon or you're in the process of opening it up, correct? Yeah. 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 I, I was ready to go in March and then. Yeah. <laughs> and you, and you kept with it. I think most, I mean, we keep hearing about these small businesses. I mean, like my, my own cousin, she has a bar here in Houston and she's been able to keep it up and running and, but it's been a struggle, you know, and, but it's, you were talking to me another time, I think when you were here, You've been fortunate where you're not really seeing that struggle as much uh, now, and you're going to open up a second one during this pandemic. So, you know, what was the thought process to say, hey, yes, I was going to do this in March. Everything happened. I'm not stopping. I'm just going to keep on going. Yeah. Well, you know, I am a Texan. <laughs> That's true. That's, yes. <laughs> we do not give up. We keep fighting <laughs> battle after battle until we win. We remember that Alamo every step of the way. <laughs> okay. So editing is going to be a great thing because... <laughs> You started talking and then it went out and I'm thinking, what just happened? And of course, it's my internet. Thank you. 2020, you continue to be a pain in my ass. <laughs> so, That's so funny. So for anybody <laughs> listening or watching, sorry about that. But you were talking about uh, your, your, your second venture, your second um, salon that you're about to open up and then it cut off on us. So yeah. if you could continue that thought, if you could remember. I think where I was. We were talking, yeah, because it, it happened like right when you started talking about, you know, what made you want to continue pushing forward, even though everything shut down in March and you were talking about, you know, obviously us being Texans, we're like, uh -uh, we're going to, we ain't going to, we ain't going to just step aside, yeah. you know, the, remember the Alamo. I remember yep. that's when it cut off on us. So remember after the Alamo. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, you know, it, it's, it, when it comes down to it, it's like, I could easily like put my tail between my legs and, and just be like, this is too hard. I'm done. But it's like, I also have a team that depends on me, like their career, their livelihood depends on me. So like, that's what really pushed me to like, keep going through the entire pandemic. And, you know, thankfully, these past four and a half years have been successful for us. So financially, we were in a, a, a comfortable enough place where I was still able to pay all the bills on both locations, you know, for the four and a half months we were closed down. And, you know, we also got approved for a few grants, which was great. So it got, it got a little scary towards the end, but it's like, I started from the bottom so I can start again. Like it's, 
just gotta keep trucking, man. That's right. You, you you can't give up. I mean, that's I think that's the age old thing is I, I feel like we live in a society now where the majority of people, when things start to get rough, they tend to throw in the towel and say, Oh, it's not working. It's like, no, yeah. you got you gotta you gotta go through the hard times. Like to find the perfect relationship, you gotta go through shitty ones. You know, yeah. you gotta do it. You know, very few people find the perfect person the first time around. It just that's oh, yeah. just the way it is, you know. And I think that's the same way in business or a job, whatever it is. And so um yeah, I'm excited to see it. You know, obviously being here in Texas, I'm nowhere near uh, your hair salon, which I mean, my hair's been growing out. So maybe I make a trip and just there let you, go, you go. fix my hair or whatever. <laughs> so it's funny because my wife, she even said, she goes, I'm starting to like it more now because it's starting to frame your face. I'm like, what? And she goes, look, this is framing. I'm like, oh, <laughs> I've just been lazy having cut it. <laughs> no, I like the longer hair. It's cool. It's it's weird. It's 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 a lot, you know, it's almost yeah. me tell it. Yeah, well, I'm almost there, actually. Yeah. And so um, for anybody that's watching, yes, my hair is normally not this long at all. It's usually a lot shorter, usually faded or shaved completely. Um, but hey, it's a pandemic, you know, everything's gone, you know, there are no rules. Exactly. Everything's gone topsy turvy. So why not just let your hair fucking grow out? I mean, I'm pushing 40 and it can still grow. I think that's a win. And there's no balding spot either. Exactly. I'm winning, man. Most of our people thankful for. Yeah. Most of the people that we grew up with, believe me, cannot say the same thing. Exactly. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so before we get out of here, you know, like I said, uh, super, super proud of you, excited to see your success and been so happy. I've gotten a chance to, you know, see you when you were in town and talk to you a little bit more. Um, like I said, you know, the, with our friendship slash relationship that started in the late nineties to, to what it is today and that we can still talk and, you know, you're willing to come on this podcast, which I love because I'd, like I said, I like to showcase what my friends are doing. So I, I am going to talk about one other thing first, but for anybody that is listening or watching and they're near Jersey city, they're in New York, or they're just like, I happen to be in Jersey city. Damn, I need to get my hair dirt or something. What would you like to tell them about your place and why they should come see you? Ooh, um, it's a place that's going to make you feel at home the second you walk in. Um, my team is very adamant on making sure our guests are satisfied and happy and are comfortable and empowered back in themselves. We're, we're a place for encouragement and, um, for motivation, you know, hair is your best accessory. You wear it with everything. And, you know, I've been able to see people's moods completely change when they sit down in our chair. So it's, it's a great you know, passion to have, but you know, you're going to feel at home. You're going to, you're going to watch some eighties movies, listen to some old songs from the nineties, have some rosé and popcorn. And you're going to have a good time. And you're going to leave feeling and looking great. Now, if anybody would like to find me a commercial space in Austin, yeah, um, we will open up in Texas. <laughs> yeah. Just by hearing that, I'm like, Ooh, popcorn nineties. Yeah. I think I'm there. Eighties movies. Absolutely. We're getting, we're getting arcade games in the new year. Oh, there we go. Even better. Yeah, yeah. So we just recently wrapped up our ultimate movie tournament that I did on this podcast. Yes. So for anybody that's watching this for the first time, go back and listen. It was two months worth of voting, which I'm never doing that long again. That was insane. <laughs> Um, but we, we have one coming up. I'm going to do, I'm going to do a Christmas one, of uh, Christmas movies, Ooh, but, but, but I'm putting a twist on it. So for anybody that's watching or listening, 
I'm letting the people tell me what movies they want in that final 16 bracket. And then it's up to the people to vote who makes the final 16. I'm not choosing shit because I got yelled at so many times. <laughs> Why not this movie? What about this movie? And so the fact I bring that up is because you mentioned 80s movies. I plan on doing an 80s movie bracket for yes. sure. So, oh, yeah. uh, so maybe we'll have you on. My friend Ashley Clark, she worked in the movie biz. So she's has all these great insights that she wants to help me out with. So I might have to have a few people on for their love of 80s movies yes. to us to discuss those results. So I might, I'm going to keep you in mind. Just keep that. I love just that. I love that. <laughs> so my, my final thing for you is you and I love The Office. We talk about it a lot. You, your first show, you and your boyfriend came on with me, my wife, and a couple of friends. We talked The Office. So with you being the boss, are you Michael Scott? Are you Andy? Are you Dwight? <laughs> like who are you closest to as a manager or running this business? Um, Karen. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, okay. Wrong ass bitch. <laughs> uh, I'm, a, I'm a mixture of Michael Scott and probably Andy sometimes. Uh, I don't run an iron fist the way Dwight would. Oh my God. But um, I think all of my employees are my best friends and <laughs> um, I sing annoying songs to them. So there you go. <laughs> a bit of both. You're you're not unplying the toilet paper, basically. No, not. I'm like, Sorry. can I get you anything else? Do you want a heat warmer? <laughs> like I'm overly like taking care of them. Yeah, see, I feel like you're. Yeah, you're, I feel like that's more of an Andy, like making sure people are taken care of. You know, yeah. but then he he screws it up. You know, he usually messes <laughs> up too. So. Oh my goodness. I, I I had to ask that question with you being the boss. That you was know, good. Like, I like you it. both love the office, but yeah, Karen, definitely Karen, the no nonsense, you know, yep. just like get that look of what do you want? <laughs> like, yeah. what do you need? <laughs> like, are you, don't, don't, don't. Yeah. We're done here. <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness. Well, so Natalie, I, I cannot thank you enough once again for coming back on the show, um, talking about your hair salon. Again, it's the hairroomjc.com. Check it out great stuff online. And then where can they find any of your socials if uh, people are trying to find you on social? Yeah. Um, the hair room JC on Instagram, Facebook, and then my Instagram is a Natalie Nicole, a Natalie with an A in the front. <laughs> yeah. The, the last podcast I watched uh, you on, they, they, they talked about your name and <laughs> yeah. And I remember when we were younger, like when people called you Natalie, Oh, you lost your shit. Like yeah. it's, uh, Natalie. Oh, Natalie. Not Natalie. <laughs> I've been dealing with this shit my whole life. Literally this morning, I went and got a facial and the lady called me Anita the whole time. How do you get Anita? How? Not, I've gotten that before too. And I'm like, it's, there are so many more letters in there. <laughs> it's like, it's like, can you not read? Like, are, are like, you know how people can't see numbers correctly? Is it letters yeah. too? Like you just, yeah. God. And you know what drove me crazy is like when I was checking out, I looked at her last name and it's Greek. So she has like 500 vowels in her name, as do I. So I'm like, how do you not get it? <laughs> Look, I, I can relate because the last name Gentile, I mean, good God, my, you knew my nicknames in high school. Yeah. I mean, and but it's funny because people are like, is it Gentile or Gentile? It's like, it doesn't matter. But when people, I had a guy call me one time and goes, I'm looking for Mr. Gentilly. Oh. Gentilly, who the fuck is that? And then it was like, oh, Mr. Gentle. What? Gentle? gentle? Like, it's not even spelled anywhere near gentle. Hold on. Like, and of course, you know, when I hear the word gentle, my response is always the same. I say anything but. Anything, yes. Anything but. 
guys, I can't be. <laughs> so I love that. So I can relate. I, I try to have fun with it. And then of course, you know, in basketball, um, the nickname was genitals, obviously. <laughs> uh, that was the, that was the, since sixth grade. And I'll never forget uh, coach Mac. Uh, mm -hmm. We were on the bus and <laughs> Ty Aston of all people goes, I dare you to yell big ones when he calls you genitals. I go done genitals big ones coach right here and yeah. everybody lost their shit and i mean it was great and you just see him roll his eyes like oh my god it's like hey you're gonna call me genitals yeah that's what's gonna happen so that's hilarious <laughs> yeah you gotta have fun with it but uh natalie it was so good to see you again uh, i'm glad i got to see you in person but thank you for jumping on i know you're a busy girl and i didn't want to take up too much of your time sorry for the internet issues but uh cool. have a great rest of your day and I cannot wait to see the continued success. And don't worry, like I said, when we do an 80s movie version, I'm definitely reaching out to you. Yes, for sure. All right. Uh, see you later. Bye, Ryan. Good to see you. Bye. I would like to thank Natalie for being a guest on the Gentil Life podcast this week. Be sure that you like and subscribe to wherever you find your podcast so you can get notified when we have new shows up every Wednesday. Also, you can find us on socials. Facebook is at the Gentil Life podcast. On Instagram, we are at the underscore genteel underscore life. And you can subscribe to our YouTube channel, the Genteel Life Podcast. Everybody have a great week and we'll catch you next time.